Welcome back to another edition of Crew to Drew. I'm Andrew Alexander alongside Drew Holtkamp. The Tigers top the Cowbells. The Tide finally covers. And the Saints, famous Jameis, and New Orleans are back on the winning track. They're back on the winning track. Go beat Billy Belichick. Unreal defensive performance. Bama game was 28-0 before he even turned it on. And, uh, yeah, the Tigers almost didn't cover against the Cowbells, but they got a much-needed win in Starkville. All that more come up here on Critter Drew. Were you getting nervous at the end of that LSU game? Uh, no, not really. I felt good. They they had the right strategy. Um, but let's talk about the Saints first. They go up into Foxborough, and they take out the Pats. Mac Daddy didn't look too great. No, thank goodness. Thank goodness for rookie quarterbacks, because that's, that's what a team needs after they have a losing game the previous week. Mac Jones gave the Saints three gifts. So that's Well, all the- I would say Jonu Smith on the pick. That was the easiest pick six Malcolm Jenkins ever had. Let's give that one to Jonu, not Mac. Okay, well, you know, or the Patriots gave the yeah. Saints three gifts. That's exactly what they needed as they're trying to uh, as they're trying to basically just survive while these players are out right now. Hey, what the what a difference a oh, week yeah. makes when you have all your coaches. You get four of your starters back. You start to look like a real football team. That's amazing. Yeah, that was really the story of this game. The offense was very spotty again, was the defense. I mean, this is two out of three weeks. They've been not even at full strength. They haven't been at full strength because Anyamon has been out the whole time, but two dominant performances against Aaron Rodgers, who Green Bay clearly looks good. They got a huge win against 49ers in San Francisco on Sunday night. And then New England. I mean, I know Mac isn't great, and they don't have a – Mac, he's a rookie. I think he's going to be solid, and they don't have a bunch of weapons. But that was domination. I mean, from, from start to finish, forced three interceptions. Like I said, that was the easiest pick I think that Malcolm Jenkins is ever to get, ever going to get. Jonu Smith should have caught that ball. But yeah, it makes a huge difference to have Lattimore, who I think this is the best start Lattimore's had since maybe his rookie year when he was really dominant. I mean, he was all over the field. He had an interception. Chauncey Garner-Johnson, difference maker. I think yep. he's the best slot corner in the game. I mean, I don't think there's a, a doubt about that. And so when you get those two guys back, arguably your two best secondary players, it makes it a lot harder for a rookie quarterback to throw the football. And they were just all over them in the secondary. And DeMario was was outstanding. He's just been – he's the most underrated player in the league, in my opinion. He's awesome. And you, you wonder how many good years he has left. But, you know, right now it looks like he's uh, he's doing well, having another great season. He's, you know, knock on wood, he's been extremely durable since he's been in New Orleans at least. I, I love the fact – like it's – we're still waiting to see if Jameis can really light it up, if he can really take over a game, because he's been helped a lot by the defense in their two wins. And in the game they lost, they had the worst offensive output in the Sean Payton era. So I think the jury's still out on Jameis. I don't think he threw a pick, though. So he still only could have. Yeah. Could have. Only at two right now. So still 28 to go to get that 30 number. But, you know, finally connected with Callaway. Uh, I loved what Deontay Harris was doing just all around. He's when he's healthy and on the field and jiving, that, that guy's a special weapon. I feel like we're all waiting for Kamara to truly, truly get let loose. But it seems, for now, they're just surviving. That's all I have to do is survive, advance, and win the games. They have very winnable games on the schedule before they get most of the team back or projected to get them back. So I'm just happy. Just just win the game. You got lucky, or you got lucky with the schedule having a rookie quarterback before the season. We thought when people thought it was Cam Newton, whole different story. But once it got to be Mac Jones, you're like, okay, yeah, time to take advantage of this guy. Hopefully, they can take advantage of. Danny Dimes, and whoever's trotting out for the Deadskins these days. Well, yeah, and absolutely. I mean, yeah, in these next two games, with the way that this defense is playing, if they're healthy, they should be able to win both of those games. But, you know, to go to the Jameis thing, like he was awful against the Panthers. We all know that. But he's not getting a lot of help, honestly. I mean, Alvin had, what, 118 yards from scrimmage and and a TD. He was got the first TD, got the momentum going. But Teron Armstead goes out early in that game. He's got two offensive linemen out. The only receiver that's been able to get separation has been Deontay Harris. And he's always been a health liability. So you got to hope, knock on wood, that he can continue his game. Because he's literally the only receiver that has gotten separation. And he had that huge third down catch yeah. 
um, that was the game-winning drive, which was a, what a great drive. You got some Taysom time, Jameis stepping up, making two third-down conversions. But Deontay Harris was the only one getting separation, so I don't totally put that on Jameis. The offensive line's been shaky. It was awful against the Panthers. But when the ball, when the receivers have been open, he's been putting good balls in. He's been throwing it on time and accurately. When he's getting pressured and he's having to throw it up, that's when you get in trouble. So if they got to just got to keep getting cohesive as a unit. This is still very new for Jameis. It's new offensive lineman. He's not playing with the center that he played with all year. Yeah. We'll see if Eric McCoy can get back. He'll be much needed. At, he'll be much needed on that offensive line because he's the brains of the O line and and just hopefully the Tehran thing's a ding. He's first with Tehran. It always seems like he's got an elbow or a pec injury, but he's been hel- he's been staying healthy lately, but. That's always worrisome. I think he's one of the better left tackles in the league. Uh, but this offense is a work in progress. It's clearly a defensive team. Uh, the Saints got lucky. This Rosas guy, I mean, he's awful. He had two terrible misses. Now, 50, it's still in the pros. You should make that. The 36-yarder 30, that he hooked, that's inexcusable. I'm surprised. I don't even know. He, he might have gotten cut. I haven't looked at the the updates from Underhill today. But, um, yeah, it's offense is a work in progress. You take these dubs at the beginning of the year. If we thought the Saints were 2-1 and one after three weeks, we'd, we'd be happy. Yep. Might not have gone the exact way we had, but two dominant performances and a stinker. And they just got to take that momentum going into the Dome. First game packed in the Dome since the Vikings game. I'm going. You going? I probably would not be there. It's so. going to be lit. I, I think we blow them out of the building. I think this, the I hope so. receivers will finally start getting separation with the crowd. I hope we light the roof on fire. Yeah. Am I right? Yeah. See what you did there. So two of the things uh, about this game, one that I liked and we addressed it the opposite way last week, Saints, two penalties, 15 yards. That's great. That's what you need. If you get two penalties, you have you force three turnovers, and your offense is somewhat competent, you should win 90% of your games. And then... Uh, secondly, the criticism, I don't understand what the strategy is with Taysom Hill right now. Cause it seems like every time they bring him in, it's one of the same plays and it's like a, a running play, a draw play. I don't know why they're not letting him pass. I don't know why they're not maybe running them a different way or not, not having Jameis pass to him. I just, I feel like they're underutilizing the Swiss army knife. It's early in the season. Sean doesn't need to bring out all his magic tricks. Not Taysom yet. Not right yet. Now. now you saw, they tried to do the little fake kind of Tebow play. He's going to fake the draw, and then he ended up running, getting the first down. Taysom was huge on that last drive, and that's the role he needs to be in. He's he's an he's an absolute weapon when he can run the ball and occasionally throw. He's just the pocket presence just wasn't there with him. So I just think Sean's slow rolling it. He knows what he's doing, um, but this offense they got to get some weapon because there's no creativeness, there's no separation. They kind of they run the ball decently the first the week one against Packers and last week still not as much as you'd like 142 yards rushing isn't great you'd like to get up in the 175 to 200 range take some pressure off of Jameis and the receivers for that matter really it's just the O-line's got to get healthy they got to get Thomas back and hopefully Kenny Stills can step up but it's looking mm-hmm. like Deontay Harris is going to be like a slot receiver that's going to be a full-time starter because he's so explosive and really tough to guard because he's just quick as a cat. It makes you appreciate what Drew Brees did all those years without a legit number one receiver right? because Jameis is, I mean, I know he's in Michael Thomas or Emmanuel Sanders, so the core is slightly different, but I feel like Drew Brees would be thriving with all these all these wide receivers. They would still... like. Let's just say take Drew Brees from like 2010 and put him with this receiving core. Oh yeah, that's prime breezy. But I'm I'm just saying like there's no names, there's no big star, and he would make it happen. And yet you know Jameis has even now Jameis's arm is better than Drew Brees's ever oh, was. No, so, I no. No, Jameis Jameis's deep ball is way better than Drew Brees's oh, ever deep was. Deep ball, yeah, maybe his arm. Yeah, something like how far I can throw it. Brees's first of all, Brees's ability to call the protections is something that Jameis can't do, which went underlooked all those years. Lacey can't fix era. that. Um, Winston, he's got, he's just, he's getting pressured and trying to do these stupid things. Breeze would take sacks or throw it away. I'm not going to sit here and say that Breeze would be dominating. Maybe 2010 Breeze, that's prime Breezy coming off a Super Bowl. Last year's Breeze, this team would look awful. I mean, these receivers aren't open. There's not a ton of time to throw. That's when Breeze, so, that's, yeah, I don't know what we're right. talking about Breeze. He's gone. Who cares? But anyways, <laughs> the, the point is, 
Jameis is it's a work in progress. The offense, this is the worst offense the Saints have had in quite a while. And I think it's going to get better as time goes on. You get these players healthy and the continuity of the line and the quarterback, just everything has to mesh. It's only three weeks in. There's 14 games left to play. But these next two games are the easiest part of your schedule before it really starts getting tough. In November, it gets tough, but the Seattle game and then Tampa at home are huge games. And so if you got you got to beat this Giants team. They're 0-3, so that's probably going to be a feisty team. They go 0-4, their season's over. Probably over already. Their season was over before but, it started. But the way that Daniel Jones has performed in his career and the turnover-prone that he is, I just don't see any way that this team doesn't come in and do work on that side of the ball with the crowd back full strength and just the way that they're playing right now when they've been healthy, it's gonna it's the defense is gonna have to carry this team until Thanksgiving. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And so it'll it'll be fun. We'll see. Like I said, they've got two on paper, two layups coming up. So I wanna see if they can the continue. Washington game's tricky, but I this is a must win in the dome. Yeah, I mean, all right. I'll I'll take Washington with a overrated defense and a <laughs> Third string quarterback. I mean, like, come on. Yeah. He's a backup. I mean, he's a backup now. He was third string last year. So he's, <laughs> he's basically, he only got promoted because of the process of elimination of losing Alex Smith and Dwayne Haskins. But uh, I want to say one thing, though, one final thing about the Saints. The way that they responded, I'm pretty sure that that Carolina loss might have ended up being a blessing in disguise for this team. Um, it allowed the offensive line to get back on track at least somewhat. They weren't a total embarrassment, and the defense was absolutely lights out. I think it was. Something that this, this win was so big for so many reasons. They've been away from home for a month. They come back and they come back home off a fresh dub. I don't care that it's Mac Joe. If you beat Bill Belichick in New England, that's an impressive win in my eyes. So I just want to say that Carolina loss could have been a, a blessing in disguise and maybe fluky. Who knows? I think Carolina might be decent, but. The way that this team's played in the two good games, I think that's more of what the team is like than that awful game against the Panthers. So that leaves you pretty optimistic for the rest of the year. Are the Panthers coming up anytime soon? The second game? No, they're January second, very end of the year. So missed missed them. Of course, that everybody could be like a wild card. Play everybody in a else gets to game. gets to take advantage of the McCaffrey injury. So unfortunately. Uh, no, I agree too. It's good to, to get that loss early and kind of recalibrate things because after week one was so weird and wonky, but it, it was it was great to see. Uh, the Saints take advantage of a team they need to take advantage of. And, and that's that's all. If you get one, I mean, there's so many rookie quarterbacks that play a lot right now. If you catch them early in the season, that's awesome. And if you catch, you know, hopefully Danny Dimes at any point in his career, that's also awesome. So we'll see what happens. I'm hoping I'm hoping you give us a recap of, of the Dome and how it's rocking. I have a lot of friends oh, yeah. that, are, that are going to that game. Uh, Can't wait. A lot of people that have missed the Dome and missed being there. And so I'm looking forward to seeing how it happens. Let's go to college football. LSU goes to Stark Vegas. And in my lock of the year, LSU wins in their first revenge game of 2021. Revenge game number two is coming up. We'll get to that in a little while. But I liked it. I liked what LSU decided to do. I wish they would have learned this last year, but thankfully they learned their lesson. Barry Odom picked it up in week two last year. The way to stop Mike Leach is to not pressure and just sit back, force these long drives, force him to run you know, double-digit plays, and they will make a mistake. And they did it on the first drive and the second drive. LSU got these turnovers. LSU made Mike Leach play their game. So kudos to Durante Jones for being able to do that. Uh, shocked that Mike Leach didn't try to change anything at any point, but I guess he, you know, his hubris thought that he could take out LSU again. I don't know why he thought that because he pretty much lost every game after he beat LSU last year. But Max Johnson continues to to play very well. Passing game still is looking good. Even in the, I mean, all four games, passing game has been like the big highlight. Running game still non-existent. Uh, news came out today that that Emory's appeal was denied. So we'll see when. I don't know when he's coming back. They really can won't be that. back for Auburn. That's for sure. Offensive line still shaky. What's new? Um, I you know I just yeah, there's a lot to love about Max Johnson in the passing game. Unfortunately, that's not going to win every game for you. If the defense can play opportunistic and scheme specifically to who they're playing, um, then they ha- think they have a good chance to be in every ball game like this. I think they have a lot of potential like one score victories, yeah. last possession victories that they have that they can that they can pull out. And I think the next two games they have a, a great shot. And we'll see what Florida's actually like. Uh, when we get to that point three weeks from now. But 
I was I was happy. So I was happy. And look, that game was closer than it should have been. Mississippi State came roaring back as a home team would. I honestly thought, thought after the first half, it reminded me a lot of the it was seven to three. It reminded me a lot of the uh, 20, 2009 game where LSU played in Stark Vegas on in, uh, on eleven o'clock. I think it was like nineteen seven. An ugly kind of sluggish game. A lot of it's defense. Pretty, that's going back way back, it, way back. I was a sophomore in college, and I think Chad Jones had like a punt return or kickoff return touchdown that kind of helped seal it. Uh, there was like a big goal goal line stand for LSU, all that kind of stuff. But that's that's what you have to do. And on, on, and that's a, in Starkville's a hostile environment at 11 a.m. when it's hot. It's in September. The cowbells are going. It was like 90 to 95 percent full. And you're just like, I don't want to be playing here. That's like one of the most annoying places to play at that time of day. So I thought that they did well to pull that out. I thought they controlled the game for the most part, which was nice. And so look, they got the win. They're one and zero in the SEC play. Uh, people are have put away the pitchforks kind of for now, but they've got Auburn coming up, and uh, that's gonna be a fun test. No, it's going to be a great test. 8 p.m. in Death Valley. Um, Look, I didn't watch much of this game at all, uh, but I did watch the the replay. And just just looking at the box score, the offensive line is just a problem. Oh, yeah, they're terrible. I thought that that goes without saying. Yeah, it's it's really bad, and especially when – you know, you're, the defense is improving. There weren't many big plays in this game, at least big plays for touchdowns, which yeah. is nice. Uh, you like to see that from from the defensive side. And I think that they're going to be better, and by the end of the year, they should be one of the better units in the SEC. But 63 yards rushing against not a very physical yeah. football team in, in Mississippi State isn't good. And, and the pass pro, there's been occasional, you know, like they had the busted coverage where Trey Palmer had the deep ball and Max put it on the numbers and he had a wide open pocket. But... A lot of these throws that Johnson's making are dodging defenders and zipping it in. And yeah. I don't care what Miles Brennan's status is. You can't put him back in. Max Johnson's chemistry with Keyshawn Butte is lights out. I mean, they are good. He, Keyshawn Butte, if he has if he has one touchdown, it's a mediocre game with Max Johnson. He's averaging like two TDs a game mm-hmm. in the last like five. He only had one TD last week. And you're like, what's going on? And he... And like that long touchdown he had to Butte. Butte made an incredible route and, and got away from the defender. But Johnson's dodging people coming up the middle and putting it on the money. I've been so impressed with Max Johnson from the beginning of when he started playing last year. That Florida game was huge in my eyes. It's big for a freshman. And, and the, the chemistry that he has with Butte and then the young guys coming on. Uh, this passing game is, is dominant, but to win the big games against the big dogs in the SEC, got to establish the run and the John Emery news. Not, It's just, I think that they can be in every game, like you said. I think that they can beat this Auburn team. This Auburn team is going through some turmoil, which I do want to talk about, because uh, TJ Finley came in and beat Georgia State, and he might be coming in for his first career Auburn start in Death Valley. That would be an incredible storyline. Uh, but you got the dub. Close. It was it was a hand, pretty much a handful. I mean, it was a, it was a pretty awesome win. I would say got lucky there that they almost had an onside to get it. But this was a domination by LSU. And the defense is looking better, like I said. And the O-line, man, that's that's the only thing I'd be worried about because it's affecting the running game and the passing game because both could be a lot better if that one unit were better. And if you have the you know, if you have the rushing game going, you ice that game. Plain and simple. For sure. They don't come back. It's not even – it's a double-digit game. There's no question. Down. So, I mean, that's, that's huge. I don't know if there's any fix to the offensive line or to the running game at this point. I know some guys are getting healthier again. Uh Cam Wire, who's plays left tackle, supposed to be coming back. What is the issue? I mean, it's a veteran unit. You would think, I mean, is it the O-line? Either the guys aren't very good or they're not being coached very well. Those are really the only two things I can think of. I know that they they kicked the starting left tackle off the team before the season, but that's, I mean, now he's gone. He's in Kentucky now, whatever. So, I mean, you got to move past that. You should have better players. I want to see some of the younger guys get a shot because I think there's freshmen and sophomores on the team that might be better than these fifth-year seniors. And I'm, I'm hoping that's the case. Because if not, then that just spells doom and gloom for further years. Well, I mean, in the last two years, this is the worst LSU O-line unit in, what, a decade? Yeah. I mean, it's it's terrible. really bad. And it's 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 unfortunate because the amount of talent they have on defense and on the outside on offense is staggering. Yeah, I, I, I it's a head-scratcher. I don't know. I really don't know what, what's going on with it. I think that – I don't think the offensive line was as good in 2019 as everyone gave them credit for. 
I think that Burrow Joe just made the magic. Yeah. Joe Burrow, Clyde Edwards-Helaire, all those great receivers helped cover up a lot of uh, a lot of flaws, and they won the award for best line in the nation and all that stuff. But I, I just don't. I think this this has been yeah, issues. That was definitely a yeah. This is that's just like everybody gets to work because LSU's great. Yeah. This has been one of the major flaws of Owen recruiting, and they've still not addressed it. I don't know what I don't know what needs to be done to go out and find better linemen or to find a better line coach to teach these guys. Because I'm fully, I fully believe that you can bring in mediocre to good talent and coach them up, especially because it's a unit. They're working together. It's not my one wide receiver, or my one running back. It's five guys working together, and you know you could have some of the 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 cogs in the machine be stronger and kind of elevate everybody up. I don't know. It's just. It's, it's frustrating to see that. But actually, before we get to that, why don't you talk about Alabama? Give your two cents on that because I know they just they killed the mustard buzzers. There, there was nothing nothing to it. Southern Miss is awful this year. The only really exciting thing, Jamison Williams set a NCAA record for 80-yard touchdowns in a game. He had three, took the opening kickoff, 100 yards, had another 80-yard, 81-yard kick return, and then took an 80-yard, 80-yarder bomb from Bryce to the house. Uh, this this weaponry that Alabama has is young, but they're really good. Mechie now is was the, one of the better players. He wasn't as good as uh, Devontae or, or Jalen Waddle last year, but he was a really solid player and had a better year last year than he's having this year. Jamison Williams, the transfer from Ohio State, is has really come on the scene and looked unreal. Uh, but after Bama's defense, I mean, we'll see. They got a big test this week against Ole Miss. I mean, I don't know if you want to talk about that a little later. We'll do some preview of it. I think that's probably the best game of the weekend outside of uh, Georgia-Arkansas, which there's some really good SEC matchups. And then Auburn-LSU, it's – I mean, this is a big game for both teams. I mean, Harson fired his wide receiver coach this year, quarterback controversy. Bo got benched for your boy TJ. Lots of storylines in the SEC this weekend. Auburn is so lucky they're not zero and two in the past. Amazing two weeks. play by TJ Finley. That's not an amazing play. Are you kidding? I mean, TJ Finley got they Auburn got so lucky. He was a statue last year. He avoided so the rush. Like I'm glad. I'm glad he's a lot better now. He looks like he has slimmed down. I'm glad as a sophomore is better than a freshman. That's fantastic for him. I think it's hilarious that Bo Nix got benched. I think it's hilarious that that Auburn uh, had. And this was this was definitely a trap game. Hold on, I'm pull up their schedule real quick because they have a gauntlet of a schedule right yeah, now. They're screwed. Uh, they they went to Penn State and they have then they have um sorry then they had Georgia State and then they go to LSU then they play Georgia next week and that's not oh Georgia has now forgot they changed it up it's early in the year all right so went to Penn State last week or two weeks ago. Hosted Georgia State, going to LSU this week, playing Georgia uh, and Jordan Hare on October 9th, going to Arkansas, which is much bigger now on October 16th, by week, hosting Ole Miss at Jordan Hare. Uh, The 6th of November, they have, they go at College Station. (laughs) Which, so that's, that's eight weeks. And of those eight weeks, they could lose every one of those. You have an off week in Georgia State. And you have Penn State, LSU, Georgia, Arkansas, Ole Miss, Texas A&M. Not to mention Bama. Five of those six teams that, that are decent are ranked in the top 15. And that's not even counting. And then they still have three games after that. Like, and then, yeah, bam, at the very end of the season. So I don't, I think that we're going to find out a lot about Arkansas, Ole Miss, and AM like coming up. AM is not as bad as they made out to be. They're, again, missing that quarterback. Arkansas, I'm not totally sold on yet. Ole Miss, we're going to find out. You finally get your first true test. Yep. Uh, you know, but heck. I'm still saying, Auburn, good gosh, that is a heck of a gauntlet right there. If they want to have people eligible, they need to win this weekend in Death Valley. I mean, just think about that five-week stretch at Penn State, Georgia State, at LSU, Georgia, at Arkansas. And in the context of this season. That's insanely hard. They haven't won at LSU in... 1999. In this century. Since 1999. Which is insane. I am a believer in Arkansas. They put on a beatdown to Texas A&M. I was not a, a... Texas A&M believer. I watched some of that Colorado game when when Haynes King got hurt, and then this Calzetta guy come in. He didn't look good at all. They should have lost to Colorado, who's a middle of the road Pac-12 team. Um, this is a huge game, and then they got controversy. Bo Nix gets benched. TJ Finley. He had. I thought the play was pretty good from what I saw last year. He was just a statue throwing missiles. He looked like he had gotten some touch on the ball, trimmed down a little bit, was a little more Well, mobile. I mean, you just, you just say he looked good. I, I, some people say he had poise. I say he was lucky. It was like fourth and 25 and he got the touchdown. But so if, if you're, you're Auburn and you're Brian Harson, 
Who do you start this week? Because if you start TJ, Bo Nix loses all his confidence. He had not started since like ever. Okay. And, but TJ's coming in, riding this emotional high, going in his first start as, as an Auburn transfer in Death Valley at night. What would you do? It's, it's an interesting question because it could be a huge thing in the game. I think you would probably start Bo, and if he struggles for two quarters, or sorry, for two series, bring TJ in, back up roll. I'm starting Bo, yeah. It wasn't Bo's day. They took him out. You know, let's try the you know try a different hand. Let's see what happens. We can't afford to lose Georgia State. Other season's totally over. But so, as an LSU fan, who do you want? Um, You're probably, probably going to see both. No probably what. this year, I, I would like to see TJ because TJ. Yeah. I, pre, I I I predicted a while ago that I thought after the transfer, I thought that TJ had a chance to come in here and break this streak. I thought it would be like when he was a senior, like in twenty twenty three, that he'd have a really good shot to come in here and uh, after a couple of years after Bo's gone, but. This might be his chance to cut me. He might get to start here. And he still might play anyway. So I would start Bo if I was the coach of Auburn. Um, I would love if, if TJ Finley got in there. Because you know what? You know what? The whole, the whole LSU team would love to see TJ Finley too. They would love yeah. nothing more to lay a lick on TJ Finley, to go after him, to take him down. Um, and I'm sure they're like, he's friends with these people. But still, it's your former quarterback. And you're like, all right. And they know TJ Finley. They know him yep. better than any other team is going to know him. Uh, because they play with him. Because Bo, Bo has had these moments where he's been awesome. I mean, yeah. Iron Bowl, when he dueled off against Mac, he, Bo played really well and made some incredible throws. That's the thing which has to be frustrating for an Auburn fan is he's just he can make amazing plays and then he can be like the worst quarterback you've ever seen. But it, it's an interesting storyline going into the game. And Auburn's defense is struggling really badly. Derek Mason's had a rough go his first few weeks as the Auburn defensive coordinator and – that could be good. Maybe this could be the week that LSU finally gets a running game going because Auburn's defense is beat up. They get a quick TD to Butte or something, and then maybe that finally they got a home crowd for Auburn. When's the last time they played it? You know, at night against Auburn. It feels like the rain game with Jeremy Hill is the last one that I can remember because they have been two thirty pretty much all the way throughout that. Yeah, probably something in 20, 2015, That was the big Fournette game. Twenty seventeen. That was like the big comeback. Yeah, like twenty thirteen. 2013 was that it? Yeah. 2019 they was it 2:30? I think 2019 was not technically a night game. I feel like that was like a five o'clock game. Yeah. It wasn't maybe six. It wasn't quite Saturday night in Death Valley. It may have ended this at is, night. This is late. This is 8 p.m. This is this is the slot. The they don't Bourbon have, Bowl. They don't even have this slot every week. Like they're like, oh no, we're gonna like we got such a great slate. We're gonna do like five and eight. And LSU yeah. fans get excited. I think that Wilbur called in a favor and said, hey, 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 guys. Guys, we're, we're 8 p.m. Yes. Come on now. I love that. Come and, on now. And and of all the, because, you know, the wifey's obviously LSU. Like, of, of all the fan bases that LSU hates, I think Bama's probably one. Florida, Florida and Auburn are up there. Probably Florida, too. But Auburn is clearly the third most hateable team. Their fans are probably the most hateable of all the fans. I think Florida still takes the, the cake George, on that. The Jorts, yeah. And I'm sure you don't like Bama fans either. But Barners are pretty easy to laugh at. Let's be honest. I'm pumped. I'm pumped that they're coming to town. I'm pumped for everything about this game. It's going to be – I was at Central Michigan, and it was fun to be back in Death Valley. Way more people than when I was there last year. 8 p.m. too late for you? No, baby. I'll be ready to go. You're going? Let I'm go. going. I'll be ready no to go. No you're not going to the Dome. It all makes sense. Yeah. Um, I'll be at the LSU game. You know, it's it's going to be pumped. It's going to be – that place is going to be rowdy. It's going to be rowdy. LSU is going to be nuts. It's the first packed, true SEC home game. covid not gone, but gone. It's going to be packed. 8 p.m. I mean, it's September. It'll be October at that point. But it's going to be dark for a solid hour and a half before the game. Let Good. Know. Good. That's what I want. I want that place to be shaking and rocking. I want people like to be throwing so bourbon bottles from like the from the student it. section. I want just the the. I kind of want to go to that game now that I'm thinking about it. I love going to the LSU to Tiger Stadium to watch Auburn lose. What's the I'm blanking now? What's the the measurement for like blood? Oh, the BAC. I want the BAC of Tiger Stadium to <laughs> it's be gonna be a above sin. the legal limit as a collective. That's what I, I want to see. I honestly think that if you average it out, it will be because you'll have college kids that are like point don't remember the game five yeah. <laughs> and threes. Even like parents that have to drive will get in the point oh one range at least for the first half. I mean that thing at like the end of the first quarter, probably kickoff. It's gonna be. 
that would be a great measurement if that could somehow be done. Like it, a, it could never be done. Some sort like, of it's air a funny measurement. Question. Yeah. We should do a poll question. What do you think the BAC <laughs> level of Tiger Stadium will be at kickoff? It's great. It's just we haven't had something like this in such a long time. This is such a it's a must win game for LSU and Ed Ezron in the sense of like you're still in the mix, technically. You're not yeah. out of anything. You haven't lost just, an SEC game. Yeah, it's you haven't lost game. anything yet. Build that momentum up. You still like like the between eight and four and ten and two, I mean heck eleven and one technically still is, but everything is still attainable for you. Go out there. The SEC is shaking out a little differently than we expected, with Arkansas being better, maybe AM being worse than we thought. Ole Miss is obviously having a good season. So it's like, okay, maybe Auburn isn't as good. You know, maybe, you know, we'll see about Florida. Uh, in two weeks, you know, Kentucky, are they better than we all thought kind of thing, even though the last two games, iffy. But my point being is this is a game you need to win. This is a must win for Coach O, yeah. in my eyes. Because this game, just like it did back in the less when Les got fired, Harson's not going to get fired if you, after year one, but this is a must win game for Coach O because if you don't win this game, this is a winnable game that you probably should win. I don't think Auburn's very good. I think Penn State's overrated. They got a quarterback controversy. Their defense isn't playing very well. This is a must win for Coach O. And if you win this game, I think it ensures at least like an 8-4 and four season. But that's the thing with these LSU teams. It's always been this. When these athletes gather momentum and start to really play well, that's when they can become dangerous. If you lose this game... It kills all the momentum, and it just brings up more questions of should Coach O be fired. Again, this is a revenge game. A lot of revenge games this year. Not so many last year because LSU was undefeated in 2019. Good. But in 2021, well, I'm LSU the pick them. This is a lot. They got five. They got. Five. I'm pick them at your own. This is that. That's a stay away from me in that pick them. Like I, I'm staying That's away. Right I can't now. do it. It's three and a half LSU. Oh. I'm just. I'm just staying away. I'm hammering. That LSU. game makes me nervous. I can't. There's no way I'm getting three LSU picks in a row. Uh, in that pick'em, there's no way that I got my first one wrong. I got my last one right. No, this is a. I'm two and oh, one. I love this. Hammer the Tigers. This is a revenge game. What makes me uh, and I feel better about Stingley not being there based on the way. What is his status? Is he going to play? Uh, I, I highly doubt it. I think he flew out of state to go check and go to another doctor to check Jeez. on his foot. I think is what is hurt right now. I don't know. The guy's the guy's not quite as soft as Eric Gilbert, but. His body, he's, he's frail. He keeps getting hurt all the time. Yeah, he's most overrated. Like, he is not a top 10 pick. I mean, no he's still chance. going to be, but... He shouldn't be. In terms of durability, he's not a top Ricks 10 Ricks is better than him, period. I don't know. Since don't, they played on the same team, he's been the better player, hands down. I don't know. I don't, I don't think know. you can argue it. I think you can. I don't know. I just, I think you can. They're not... Here's the thing. They don't go after Stingley. They just don't go after him in the passing game. Does he make some tackle miss, misfires? Yes. But when they they're not throwing it his way, and that's why Rick has all the interceptions. You know who does go after Stingley? Who? Bama. Bama does. Devontae. Yeah. Devontae loves. Oh, you like Stingley the, those two blown plays that when he was a freshman? Um, yeah. Yeah, he's combined for like 500 yards head up, head up. So. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I, I that's that doesn't concern me as much. Uh, Dwight McLaughlin looked pretty good last year. Looked good or looked pretty good last week. Also looked pretty good last year when he was filling as well. I think they're rounding into form, um, and they're slowly starting to get guys back. It'll be, does the running game show up? Does the offensive line show up? Can LSU continue with their electric passing game? Can the defense, can Durante Jones scheme up whatever's going to stop TJ Finley or Bo Nix? Um, are the Auburn running backs secretly hurt? I've heard, I've read that on the message boards, that Tank is hurt for Auburn. Or it's not 100% kind of thing. So I there's... That's why I wouldn't pick this game. That's why I wouldn't gamble in this game because I feel like this, I mean, it's been over 20 years. Auburn could be ripe for ready to go, come in and get the the field goal victory. But I think if if LSU wants to save their season, I think that's going to be a theme the next like three or four weeks till we get to Florida, probably even with Florida. If you want to save your season and keep things going and not have it get derailed, you got to keep winning because it's, it's a lot easier. It's a lot harder to criticize a team that's, Five and one, then four and two, or three and three, or something like that. If you keep on that one loss column for as long as possible, then you're good to go. And the no loss column in the SEC is really what you got to be yeah. playing for right now. I mean, there's like technically, if LSU won out, they would go to the playoff. I yeah, think. they win. They, yeah, they would be SEC champions and they would be in the playoff. Yep. Yeah. Um, I meant regular season. They might even have an option. There's been yeah. that's the crazy thing that this season's actually been awesome. Clemson sucks, and. Besides Bama and Georgia, there haven't really been a ton of dominant teams. This is a massive win for LSU. 
And I, I think that the defense got to stop the run. I don't know much about Tank Big. Is he that hurt? I mean, I don't know. There's, he there's, didn't seem like he was a factor against Georgia State. I didn't watch all that game until the end. I didn't notice it either. I was just something I read. But LSU's got to stop the run. This is the my key. They got to stop the run and not give up the big play. But if they stop the run, they force Bo into Bo pick six situations. Tiger Stadium's going to be rocking. I do think Bo gets the start. I think Finley yeah. might come in. But on offense, passing game, you got to get quick plays. Quick, like, chunk plays in the passing game to try to set up the run at this point. Because the passing game is clearly the strength of this offense. Max Tabute is one of the best connections in the country, even though people aren't saying that. Like, I watch every single LSU game. Butte is a freak. Yep. I mean, he's he's got a chance to the next set great some one, touchdown yeah. records and, and contend with Jamar. And Max is right there with them, same grade. Get him involved early. Those other receivers are starting to step up. Who's the next D. Smith? He kind of looks like Devontae out there. Isn't he a freshman? Trey Palmer's obviously um, There's a lot of guys out there. You've got uh, Brian Thomas. Um, he's a freshman. Deion Smith, I think. Malik Neighbors. Uh, That's the one bright spot. Of Jack Besh, the, the the tall white kid they're out there. They're all young. Yeah. They, they're, they, got, they brought in like four or five freshman receivers. Um Chris Hilton's not even seeing the field yet. I mean, and then the, the veterans you mentioned, Trey Palmer, Dre Jenkins, people like that. Uh, Cole Taylor got in the mix last week, got himself a touchdown. So they have a lot of weapons to throw to. That that's that's not going to be an issue for this team. It's it's the other thing. And the dirty little secret to last year's game is that it wasn't that the loss looked way way worse. And if Miles Brennan's in that game, I still believe LSU wins that. TJ Finley gifted that team 21 points yep. in the first two quarters. And so it was very Brandon Harris similar. We yeah. talked about this last You week. got behind early, you kept making mistakes, and, you got a freshman. Yeah. If you're a freshman and when the barn gets hot like rolling, yeah. that's an that's a really hard if they're a good, that place is impossible yeah. to play. I mean, Bama's lost three out of the last like seven years there. It's so impossible to play. But do we have a prediction? You're not t- you're not touching the game. And obviously, my last key. Before the prediction, sorry. The offensive line's got to step up, period. Yeah. At least more than 63 yards rushing. It's at home. That's what I'm saying. Get the quick play. Get the crowd riled up. Get the offensive line some confidence. And get Ty Davis Price. I mean, Davis Price, he just seems too slow. I don't know what's going on with him. I was just saying, on the flip side, you just inspired me with my last comment. The LSU's defensive line, probably the strength of their defense this year. Needs to continue to just harass, harass, harass. Yep. Continue to get to the quarterback. Continue to make Bo Nix and TJ Finley's life hell, whoever's playing. I think they've had two straight weeks where they had like the, the lineman, defensive lineman of the week or something like that. So like these guys like Ujilari, Mason Smith, the freshman who's now playing, um, you know, Neil Farrell, uh, you know, Jacqueline Roy, like Jacoby Guillory, all these guys need to get well, in there. Farrell out? He, is he out now? Okay, I can't keep track of all his injuries. <laughs> he might be. You tell me he I might be. He was out for the year. Or was that a different. D-line. You're talking about you thinking of Andre Anthony. Yeah, that's right. You're right. You're right. Yeah. yeah. Why? Well, so, yeah. But they, if they can continue to get that pressure and because that's what's helping, it also helps the secondary and, and really the, the linebackers and, and whoever's covering kind of the mid range stuff. If they can just keep that pressure on them, go get them. Because I, I don't think they're going to do the same drop back, keep eight back, and only rush three. I think they're going to be going after Bo Nix, forcing him to make those turnovers. Uh, you know, at least experimenting with it for the first for the first quarter or two. I just want to see them be able, if they need to, to adjust. They have not really, Durante Jones has not shown that yet. He didn't have to last week because Mike Leach didn't change anything. And then Mike Leach was going away from the running game, which was being very successful for him. Not sure why he stopped any of that, neither here nor there. But if, if, I think if the defensive line has a good game, I think if Max Johnson has a good game again, and they have, again, avoid the big plays, shocker, uh, LSU's going to win. I'm going to say 31 27 LSU. So why aren't you taking them in the pick'em? Um, I just I'm not that confident. Yeah, they're, they're they're covering. No, I, I I think LSU wins this game. I do think that just the momentum of having a packed Tiger Stadium. They've had it, but not for a big game. This is the first real big game in Tiger Stadium I would say since the Florida game and the championship season when it was at night and it was a big game. Yeah, packed. Um, give me thirty four twenty seven. LSU wins this ball game. TJ Finley does come in, throws a couple touchdown passes. Like I said, it's a must win. O is incredible at revenge games. I just think if you're a smart betting man, you got to put your money on the Tigers. 
And actually, you got good value if you waited to bet LSU last week till Saturday because it went down to one and a half. So yeah, two and a half worked just fine. It did. It did. So the SEC slate. This is just it's awesome. A great slate. You have three marquee games. Uh, it's unfortunate that we have to have them all in one day. Hold up, Arkansas Georgia's at eleven a.m. It's eleven a.m. This is pathetic. I mean, to be fair, they set these game times in advance, so they don't do it like the day of. And I think everyone's got to take a turn. Uh, they probably didn't expect yeah, Arkansas no. Yeah, no. To, to be like this at this point. Because if Arkansas loses that game, all of a sudden they're in like the bottom of the top 25. So it's not as crazy to think that. But yeah, you've got Auburn, excuse me, Georgia and Arkansas highlighting the first 11 o'clock window. You've got Alabama Ole Miss in the 2.30 window. And you've got LSU and Auburn in the uh, night game. It's it's insane. I, this I'm, is a I'm great weekend, man. That's one of the that's this one of the great. downsides of going to the to the game is that I'm not going to be able to totally like consume all of this great college football. Oh, I will be on the couch from eleven to midnight at least. There you go. Um, absolute incredible lineup, and and you got to give a credit to this lineup being so great for Arkansas. You you say you're not a believer. I think not right yet, now Sam yet. Pittman is the front runner for national coach of the year. Probably. He has been absolutely the perfect hire for them. Comes from Georgia. I think Georgia rolls here pretty good. I, I think Georgia is is on another level. JT Daniels is good. Their defense is the best in the country. Georgia right now, after the way Alabama looked against Florida, I, I think they have a chance to to beat them. It's it's gonna be you know, Georgia and Alabama, I think right now are, are locks to to make the the college football playoff. At least one of those teams. I'm not going to say both, but more than likely, like two of them, they look like the two best teams in the country by far. Bama's got you know. Let's preview this a little bit. We've got two Heisman hopefuls. Matt Corral, legitimately in the Heisman conversation. Nick Saban's 23 and 0 against former assistants. Lane's got the Rebels at 12. I mean, this is a huge game for just Bama fans in general and Ole Miss fans, but the Lane Saban uh, dynamic is incredible. And and this this Ole Miss offense can score with anybody. Matt Corral has been absolutely sensational. And uh, it's a big test for, for Bryce Young in the Alabama defense. You know, I think that the Alabama secondary is solid. Um, you know, there's still some to be desired there. But if they can, which Ole Miss isn't going to stop, try to run, it might be a shootout. And it's it, my matchup is is can Alabama secondary compete against Matt Corral and the Rebs? Uh, I, I think Bama wins this game. They're at a fourteen and a half point favorite right now. I don't know, Andrew. What do you think about this? Because this Ole Miss team hadn't played very many people, but it seems like ever the Lane Train can score on anybody. I mean, this game last year in Oxford was a shootout, and Bama was significantly better last year than they are this year. While, while I'm saying what I think, why don't you, can you pull up the score from last year? Because I know it was like kind of a crazy thing. So It was like 63-58 to 58 or something. Let me pull it. It up. wasn't that close. Uh, Ole Miss close. has not played anybody of substance this year. They have played Austin P. I I don't even think they're, they're FBS. They have played Tulane, who was not bringing the pain, and Vaught Hemingway. Got rolled by 40 points by 63 Ole to 48. 48, okay. And they played Louisville, who is also not a very good oh. Power 5 team. Uh, probably a bowl team, you know, one of a hundred, but not a not a team contending for the ACC anytime soon. My point being is they haven't played in the SEC yet. They haven't played anybody. They played one Power Five opponent who's not a good opponent. And I got friend, people like my friend David who think, oh man, they, you know, they're dangerous. They're you know, Ole Miss. They're going to come in. They're hot. They're going to be able to to beat Alabama. Let's pump the brakes real quick. I think the goal of the weekend, if you're a realistic Ole Miss fan, cover. can you cover yeah. the fourteen and a half? Can you get within, or can you get within? Uh, a score, a touchdown, single digits of of Alabama. Until I see Lane Train actually do this, until I see his defense actually tested, there's no way I'm going to pick Ole Miss. I want it to be fun and, and entertaining and exciting. I want Matt Corral to put on a show and and make this fun and and keep his Heisman hopes alive. And I think even if he has a good game and the in the Ole Miss loses, that he's still very much in the mix uh, for to get those postseason accolades. But you just you can't tell me that this Ole Miss team is ready for prime time when they haven't played anybody, and they—I know they got the bye week, which you is just really, talk me into taking Bama, which is really nice. I, I yeah, maybe, maybe I'll take them too. They got at Alabama, they got Arkansas, they've got at Tennessee, they got at—they have LSU and they have at Auburn, and then to cap it off that six-game stretch, guess who comes to uh, Oxford? Hugh Freeze in the Flames <laughs> on November sixth. 
Liberty's playing at Ole Miss this year? That's so silly. That's amazing. That's Hell so, yeah. I, I, I love it for me. I love it. I hate it as an Ole Miss fan because I'm like, ah, major clinch butthole potential yeah, right there. for sure. Malik Willis can play. Former Barner transfer. And my point uh, is Ole Miss is such an imp- unproven commodity right now. And I love the lane train. I'm liking what Matt Corral's doing. I wish him success, except when they play LSU. It would be fun to see them like have like that fun success that Hugh Freeze did a few years ago. But I just I can't I can't even fathom that right now, based on their resume. Just going off their resume and what I've seen, there's no way that I would pick them to win. Maybe they could cover, but I do not think they can win unless it's the like the fluky game like that Bama has sometimes against yep. Ole Miss. It's possible, and just. History would say that Alabama wins this game. I mean, Nick Saban 23 is 23 and, 0. and that That's an amazing stat. Not one. And Kirby's gotten close and Lane kind of got close. That's it, that seals it for me. There's, I, don't th- I think he's going to keep that. Yeah. I think that's more important to him than winning the national championship is going undefeated against the assistants. Well, as you were making your point, you kind of you just were talking me into taking Bama more and more and more because, like we said, how the Panthers game was a good wake-up call for the Saints – that Florida game should have been a blowout, but the defense got routed on the ground. They gave up like 250 yards on the ground. That's the only reason why Florida was in that game. And that's a teaching lesson for the young players and the defense. Ole Miss is not going to be able to run on them. They're not even a running team. This Alabama secondary is incredibly talented. They're young, but they're very talented. They've got the best pass rusher in the country and Will Anderson that can get after Matt Corral. Christian Harris is an absolute stud. He kind of reminds me of Patrick Queen, the way he can cover and tackle in the run game. And so I think that Alabama covers this now that you talked me into it. I was thinking it could be an on upset alert, but this Ole Miss defense hadn't been tested. And Bryce is so much better than anyone that they've they've gone up against so far this year. And Ole Miss's defense isn't nearly as talented as Florida's is. And Bryce was eating them alive in that first quarter. And then they just, for some reason, kind of quit, which is probably a great thing if you're an Alabama fan because it just gives Nick Saban more film to critique. And then all these talented players come up and dominate. I'm taking Bama. You talked me into it. I was, I was trying to give the Rebs, a, you know, a window here, but... It's going to be a shootout. I, I do think that they're going to score some points, but this defense is going to get a lot more stops and Ole Misses. Here's a future prediction for you, because there is a real chance that Ole Miss is 4-4 four and four when Hugh Freeze and Liberty comes to town. That'd be amazing. At Alabama, Arkansas, at Tennessee, LSU, at Auburn. We're about to really see what Arkansas is about these next two weeks. I mean, that's... That's that's the big dirty little wrinkle in this whole SEC schedule is that oh Arkansas they're all of a sudden not a not a rental win, um, but how awesome is it though that the West is relevant? I'm loving it. You've got what we've got three teams in the I West. Mean, in the the West 12. the West has been relevant, dude. They won the last two national championships. I know they've been relevant. <laughs> but I'm talking about the bad teams in the West. Yeah, Ole Miss is ranked in the top 15. Arkansas is ranked in the top 10. They haven't been in the top 10 since 2011. 2011 when Bama and LSU and Arkansas are one, two, three. Yep. I'm just so glad that Arkansas is up because they're a low-key good program. They've just been so awful. And that's why you got to give Sam Pittman so much credit. And I don't know, man. I think Bama rolls here. I mean, what are you, what are you thinking on the Georgia-Arkansas game? That's the last big game of the weekend. Huge game for Sam Pittman. I still I think the dogs roll. All right, so I think that that's like a pretty high spread too. Why don't you look that up real quick? It's 18 and a half. 18 and a half, okay. The way that, the way that AJ, is it KJ Jefferson – yeah. He's 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 not he's kind of a TJ Finley but way more he's way smarter and you know <laughs> he, I mean, with the football at least. I mean, TJ had some bad, you know, he had some bad turnovers. He doesn't turn the ball over. He's a good runner. Um but he's big, has a big arm, but he's not the most accurate guy. But he's played really well for them and their defense is playing real hard. I mean, I've been impressed with this Arkansas team. All right, I'm just. I'm, I know I'm talking a lot about schedules today because it's amazing because so many SEC teams are ranked so high in the beginning. Our, Arkansas, listen to this uh, little stretch they had. They played Texas, who was ranked 15 or out. is 15. I'm not sure how, how I'm reading this right now. Yeah, it was 15th at the time. Uh, had Georgia Southern. They went neutral site, beat A&M, who was 7th at the time. They go to go to Georgia this week, who's number 2. They go to Ole Miss next week, who's currently number 12. If they lose it, you know, probably be in the top 15. Then they have Auburn after that in Arkansas. 
Again, wow. Like this, That's a tough Does schedule. anyone not have a gauntlet schedule this no, year? No. I mean, goodness gracious. Pretty much everything wow. in Alabama. Like, they draw Tennessee instead of Georgia and Florida like Auburn and LSU. So, I'm looking at... All right. Here's my thing. If JT Daniels is healthy for Georgia, they are fearsome. They're virtually unbeatable. He's got the injury, so I don't know. I don't know with them. And and Georgia's well, I mean, probably the best team they've played. Or not Georgia. Arkansas is probably the best right, team they've played. Right. And Georgia scored 10 points on a Clemson team that is awful. I mean, let's just call it space. I think Clemson's defense is better than you're giving them credit for. Their offense is awful. And I don't know. This is a huge game for Arkansas. Remember what we've always said over the years of this pod, Andy Rue, is elite coaches make a massive stride in year two. Yep. And so far, I mean, hell, Sam Pittman made a sh- massive stride in, in year, year one. one. I mean, they went three and what, – what did they go? They got three wins, which was more than the previous three years combined. Three years combined, exactly. In the SEC, yeah. I think Georgia wins this game, no question. Uh, and Georgia is very talented, and they haven't even been fully healthy yet. I mean, I do think this Georgia team is for real. I just – I really like what I've seen from this Arkansas team. The way that they play and the way that they respond to Pittman. I mean, they play winning football. They're always fighting and they're executing. And that's just the sign of a well-coached team. I think I might take Arkansas. I mean, I think Georgia wins this game. But 18 and a half is a lot against a team that has been very impressive so far. I mean, they have one of the best receivers in the SEC. Like I said, Jefferson can make plays. They can run the ball. I mean, this is a team that, that can go in, not upset, but easily cover 18 and a half. I mean, I, th- I give Arkansas a better chance of covering than Ole Miss, don't you? Yeah, at this point, I'd say so. I mean, Georgia can put up some points. I know their last three opponents haven't been great, but two of them have been conference opponents. They've been the last three games, 62 points against Vanderbilt, 40 against South Carolina, 56 against uh, UAB. Not all of these have been with JT Daniels the entire time or like in for some majority of some of these games. Right. So but those are bad teams. I mean, they're My point being is they they can they can turn it on when they need to. They have the horses. So there's some teams, Auburn, that just played a rent yeah. a win and they could not score, you know, 35 points. And so I, and I think this 11 a kick 11 a.m. kick is a disadvantage for Georgia because you remember a couple years ago, maybe this could be bulletin uh, board material for Kirby. They lost to the Cox, the 11 a.m. game. Mm-hmm. I remember I was on my bachelor party, and, and Georgia really lost to Will Muschamp in South Carolina in overtime. <laughs> I do remember that, yeah. <laughs> it was the 11 a.m. game, and they ended up playing Bama. That was the, it was 2018. That's the year uh, that Jalen beat them. In the, no, it was 2019. It wasn't the year Jalen beat them. But still, they would have gone to the SEC title. Instead, y'all played – or y'all did play Georgia and still killed them. So they, but they yeah. would have been probably a lock for the playoff if they had won that game because they were only a one loss team. They were, they were a two loss team, only wouldn't have been a one. So, um, these are just. Two this th- is a great game, man. It's a great weekend. I'm so stoked. We're finally back with some real SEC. This and, is what and, it's all about. And the game that, uh, the game that I'm excited about as well. It's the under the radar game, just because, just because it has implications over the next two weeks. Florida goes to Kentucky. Yep. And uh, Kentucky. they're the six, they're the, excuse me, the five o'clock game. So the lead into LSU Auburn. So that's a little appetizer for that late night window or for the, the evening window. Um, so you got Kentucky and Florida, LSU's two next opponents playing each other. Um, I, I love it. Maybe this probably isn't a trap game for Kentucky. It's always an interesting game. Maybe Kentucky beats them. That'd be nice. I don't know. It'd just be fun. I think I just wanted to call it out. I always enjoy watching that game. It's always fun to bet on it. Florida won like 25 games in a row. I think Kentucky snapped that streak recently, but. Uh, it's fantastic. I, I'm excited about it. Excited about this weekend. Before, but oh, almost forgot. Do you have any winners and losers? Um, yeah, I can start it off. About that, yeah. Go ahead. Let me start. We'll start with the winners. Uh, winners. I'm going TJ Finley comes in, gets a dub, probably earlier than he thought in his Auburn career. I'll do a couple of them. Um, Cincinnati. Not because they actually had a bye week, but Notre Dame trouncing Wisconsin makes that game all the more yep. sweeter yep. for Cincinnati. If Cincinnati goes into South Bend and beats Notre Dame and chaos ensues other other places in college football, Cincinnati has a great chance to be the first non-Power 5 team to maybe get Is that get game this playoff. weekend or is that next weekend? I believe that's this weekend. I believe that's, oh, wow. that's this weekend. What time is this game? One thirty. We got some incredible yeah. games. Well, we hope that's an incredible game or that Notre Dame or otherwise Cincinnati comes down to earth. We'll see. Uh, we mentioned um, Arkansas already. I'm going to go one. I have two more for college. 
BYU, 4-0, stacking dubs. I only say that because they're in the top 15 right now. They have an outside shot if chaos were to reign for them to sneak in. Them and them, maybe Coastal Carolina. But Cincinnati, BYU, Coastal Carolina, all undefeated non-power fives, all kind of lingering. Should should more things happen like this Clemson thing where teams you thought were in the mix start to drop out and the, and the pretenders, maybe like an Oregon or an Iowa or an Arkansas, you know, obviously a and already fell short. But the SEC is going to start canceling themselves out and these yeah. teams are going to be able to jump up on that. Do um, you have any winners? Christopher Dunn, kicker, NC State. Talk about a guy that got bailed out so badly. Choked away, NC State. They ended up getting the W. Three missed kicks, all the exact same way. Granted, two of them were over 50 yards, but you had like a 36. That was a Rojas, a Rosas, whatever. Ended up being, I felt so bad for that kid because I was watching the end of that game. And then the fact that NC State won, he's a winner for not being the biggest loser of the week. Um, another big winner for me is Arkansas, man. I've said yeah. it. Sam Pittman, he's got him rolling. The SEC West is looking back to – it's always been the best conference in college football, but when the lower-tier teams are up, it just makes it even better. It's nice to see A&M probably in that lower tier of the SEC West this year. And just so far, the big winner is, is college football, man. It's I, Other than Bama and Georgia, and that's expected, but Oklahoma isn't very good. You know, Clemson, they're out of the playoff picture. We're going to see some new teams in the playoff this year. Ohio State already has a loss. I mean, this is the first realistic chance that we could get a group of five with Cincinnati and a winner to Notre Dame for allowing this game to happen. This game in South Bend is huge for the Power Five and just for the playoff in general because all these group of five teams – do and I'm gonna say group of five for that, but all these group of five teams, if it's there's no chance, there's no chance. Well, now there could be a chance, and I think that's a win for college football. And they're you know talking about expanding the playoff, and I think they probably should, but it's just college football has gotten stale with the same teams. The LSU run was phenomenal, but Bama's always in it, Oklahoma's always in it, Ohio State's always in it. Get Oklahoma out of here. I'm sick of them. They're the most overrated program in the country. Should have, and Rattler was yelling to get booed. He's a loser. That's my big loser of the week is Rattler winning but still getting booed when he's like the most talented player they have. But college football in general, man, we got a lot of different options for the college football playoff. Iowa's in the top five. I got two more winners from college football. But, yeah, you mentioned that. Like, Clemson is probably out. So no, They're definitely out. I, there I is no path for them to get in. I can't say definitely. It's college football. It's only week four uh, or week five coming up. So They better start trouncing teams. 90, 90% chance they're out. Let's put it that way. Yeah, so, um, But we have some new blood out there. You've got Oregon lingering, Iowa lingering. Um, another Penn winner State. of mine, Michigan. 4-0. I'm just saying, here? Penn State. I would not rule UCLA out at this point. Um, so you have some of these teams. You have a slew of SEC teams. Someone new could so emerge. You're a big believer in Fresno. Huge believer. Yeah, Fresno in the mix. <laughs> so are, they, are they? I mean, they're ranked. They beat UCLA. I'm just saying, if UCLA were to run the table, they're probably in the playoff. If they win every other game they have, they're probably in yeah, the playoff. Yeah, that's fair. They would have to I'm beat just, Oregon. I'm saying like they have like there's just there's still teams out there, new blood teams that could potentially get in there. Michigan's four and They're rolling into potentially Michigan State. Michigan State. Yeah, that's, that's a good one. Another one right there. So Michigan potential to go five and zero. They got Wisconsin this weekend. That would be a big feather in his cap and Harbaugh's cap. Just a, a quiet four and zero to get started. And then my last winner of college football is um, uh, lineman coaches turned head coaches. Orgeron, Sam Pittman, Mario Cristobal. I'm sure there's others. They all won this past week. Um, two out of three are having you know, seasons that they're loving. Ogeron, obviously, you know, not quite the start he wanted, but hey. Anyway, the lineman as a head coach, it's having a resurgence. It's looking good, at least in Fayetteville. Uh, it already looked good in Baton Rouge. We, they've gotten their national title out of it. Arkansas is looking number eight in the country. Oregon, number three in the country. Look at, I mean, I'm just saying, looking good out there. Yeah, secondary coaches, winners as well. Nick Saban and Kirby Smart. Boom. Boom. Top two teams. I don't really have any losers, man, to be honest. Well, let's see if you got any winners in the NFL. I've winners in the you. NFL. Justin Tucker. Boom. Boom. Oh, my God. What a play. 66-yarder. And just the Lions, man. I mean, they are cursed. Stafford leaves. And Stafford's always been great. Couldn't do anything. Couldn't even win a playoff game. Had a couple wire card tries. 
in like 11 years, nine years, whatever he was there. He's probably the front runner for MVP right now. Justin Winner Tucker? Winner the Rams. Justin Tucker. Oh, yeah, yeah. But, Matt Stafford, yeah. But Matt Stafford looked amazing. They dismantled the Bucks. Uh, but I, so I was driving back from Houston, um, during like during the early games. And so like I saw, oh, 66 yarder for Justin Tucker to win it. And always, of course, the only time he choked was against the Saints. He missed an extra yeah. point and we ended up not having to, was that in overtime? It might've been. Um, and so I was like, oh, I got home. I was like, all right, I want to see this Tucker kick. The way that he hit the up, uh, the, the crossbar and then it just fell perfectly like he drained it from 30 was unbelievable and the irony of just seeing these Lions fans dying because they had just beaten like a really good team is hysterical. Justin uh, Tucker saved eliminator pools all throughout America oh with that kick. God. He's the biggest winner. They don't I'm so glad I wasn't watching that. I didn't know it was happening until after the fact. I was like, oh my gosh. Because uh, that would have been like a nerve-wracking moment for me. I think me. he's the best kicker of all time. He's going to he's gonna be up there with Vinatieri. Vinatieri might have more pedigree with rings, but Tucker is he's made some unbelievable kicks except against the Saints. It's the evolution of the kicker, man. Legs keep getting stronger. And in a dome, you know, who knows yeah. what's possible these days. Um I got Justin Herbert, huge win over the Chiefs. Stuck. Year two, looking great. Uh Joe Burrow and the Bengals, they have a winning record. They have a chance to yes. be three and one this Thursday. Jamar Chase to uh uh Joe Burrow to Jamar Chase. That's huge. Picking right back where they looking, left off in the great. dome. Dude, he's got four TDs. I think two yeah. for long. Yeah. Um, Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, huge rally to win. We said they were going to be a good team. They are, they've bounced back. They should be able to take care of Pitt this weekend and get three to one. And then just Saints defense, opportunistic, controlled the game. They were a huge winner. Huge winner. Um, loser. I don't, Justin Tucker was my only real winner. That's fine. And Stafford. Loser. Jalen Hurts. Uh, that was a rough one on Monday night. Yeah. Uh, he looked like the Jalen of old. You know, I love the guy, but he struggles to to process and and, and make throws timely and accurate accurately. And it, it's it, it's tough to see because he's such a good guy, and you can tell that the the Eagles locker room loves him. But that was brutal to watch. Um, but yeah, that's my big loser of the week. I don't know who else would be a loser. I got some for you. Let's hear it. ACC playoff hopes. They are likely dashed. Clemson, Wake Forest is still in the mix. Clemson and UNC both have two losses. Those are the two favorites to make a run. Yes, Wake Forest. I think Boston College might be undefeated as well. We mentioned Bo Nix getting benched. A&M. Wisconsin is getting drilled in Soldier Field. Uh, Liberty. I got a dog on Liberty. Oh, I thought we were doing NFL losers. I had a ton of college ones. Okay, you can come after me after this. Uh, yeah. Liberty. They had a chance. They they, they went for they had two chances to win the game Friday against Syracuse. Uh, not only win but cover. Uh, they go for it on fourth down and don't get it. They get stuffed uh, at the two yard line. And then Malik Willis, the guy we love, he gets the ball back and fumbles it on his own thirty yard line. Syracuse goes on to win. Um, it was truly a bummer for me because I am on the, the the Hugh Freeze Liberty bandwagon. Just fun to watch some good, terrible ACC Network Friday Night Football. It was, it was, it was a beautiful thing. Do you have any college losers? Uh, A&M, biggest fraud in the SEC. They got absolutely dominated. I mean, they had the one play uh, from Isaiah Spiller. It, that, that game was a domination by um, Arkansas. Clemson, I mean, this team... Turns out you're really good when you have Deshaun Watson and Trevor Lawrence. Uh, I think that this staff is overrated. I think Clemson's dynasty. Feinbaum actually said it today that it's dead. Well, it must be true then. I don't know. No, I'm not gonna. I don't know, Paul. I'm not. Uh, I don't know if I don't know if it's definitely true, but it ain't. They ain't making it this year. I know you said there's a ninety percent chance. No way in hell. I ran uh, the numbers. <laughs> yeah, run the numbers. Other loser, North Carolina, like you said. And what was my last loser? Oh, I had it, and I just forgot it. So those are my only losers of the week. I guess I'm a loser for forgetting. Do you have any NFL losers, or did you already say yours? I said Jalen Hurts. Oh, Jalen Hurts. All right. Rookie QBs in the NFL, huge losers. Bad. Not doing great. Um, Cardinals kicking. I know they won last week, but did you see this? Right before the half, they're playing the Jaguars, and they're not doing well against the Jaguars at this point. They attempted a 68-yarder outside in Jacksonville. Oh, my gosh, that Johnson was, re- was a winner. Did you hear his call? Yes. It was returned for a touchdown, 109 yards, NFL record. I mean, come on. come on. Arizona, why are you attempting that? It's, nothing good can come of that. Yeah, that's a – yeah. Dude, Gus Johnson and Aqib Tlaib. 
lower level Fox crew, unbelievable. I think they're great. They, they should I love be, to. They should be rising through the ranks. They should. And my biggest winner for the NFL is actually America. Because we gotta wait a few more weeks till the next Manning cast. They're not doing every week. They're gonna be back in like two or three weeks. I don't know if you saw. On so Monday we're a loser. Night. Yeah, you said we, we are loser. America losers, is a loser yes. by losing that. Eli Manning was telling a story on Monday Night Football about getting the way he got treated in Philadelphia and how little kids used to shoot him the bird and he shot double birds on camera. He's like, they can blur this out, right? And Peyton's like, no, Eli. And so he come back from the break and he has to that apologize. Was an amazing apology. Probably the best apology I've ever heard. Sorry if I fit anybody. <laughs> I mean, I was just doing what a nine-year-old kid did to me. I, I thought Eli was a winner of the weekend. He was outstanding. He is so funny. Uh, and it, it's just a great, the Manning cast has just been dominant so far in my eyes. I haven't watched a single minute of the regular game, cast, of the regular uh, broadcast. Uh, but losers America, winners Saints fans, because they're making their return Monday night against oh, Seattle yeah. in Seattle. Can't wait for that one. Um, all wait, around make, though, they're making their return to the Dome against the Giants. Oh yeah. I, yeah. I am, I am making my return. What a weekend. This is the best football weekend I've had in probably 20 months. This is incredible. Going to the Dome, incredible SEC slate. You're going to Tiger Stadium. And look, hey. This is it, man. This is what we Arch Manning's got a home game at Newman, I believe. You want to go check that out in Uptown New Orleans. I can walk there. I I can't make this one, but, you know. Anyway, go check it out before he commits. You never, you never, maybe you can sway his opinion. Pick your school and go out there and root for him. Anyway, hey, he's going to Bama. You saw Saban uh, recruiting on uh, the Manning cast. <laughs> Bama, baby. Dark horse arch landing. Good gosh. Till next week, Drew. Keep it real.